I will read from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 45 and 48. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Called to perfection. This promised commandment, written in the book of Matthew and presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Arkady, is the inheritance of saints of all time, and it is addressed by Christ to his disciples. And therefore, those who do not acknowledge over themselves the authority of the person sent by God have no relation whatsoever to the inheritance of this commandment and will likely never have one. We have stopped to study the purpose of the righteousness of God in the heart of a person expressed in the ability to clothe his essence into the holy or the selective love. Colossians chapter 3 verses 14 through 15 But above all these things put on love which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. According to this passage, the rule of the peace of God or the righteousness of God in our hearts is possible only under one condition. If we are clothed in the selective love of God and if the selective love of God will dwell in our hearts. The character of the selective love of God is presented by the Holy Spirit in Scripture in the light of seven unearthly virtues, and they are written in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2-8. through 8. Let us list them. This is virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly love, and love. We, together, have noted that each individual virtue of the fruit of virtue contains the characteristics of all other virtues because they flow from one another, fulfill one another, strengthen one another, and are found in one another. These virtues are the moral perfections and standards that are inherent to the essence of God and are given to us through Christ, which we must become enriched with. And we can enter into the inheritance of these virtues only by accepting the Holy Spirit as the Lord and ruler of our life that will be expressed in the obedience of our faith to the faith of God. And by inheriting these great and precious promises, we are made partakers of God's essence. And so, again, quickly, that which we have been able to find out from pastor's sermon notes, that in the first component, in virtue, we were met with the source of all good, or with God. How do we define, is God our source? This is defined through the presence of a virtue that is expressed through the ability to find a good wife. That's what is written, he who finds a good wife has found favor. And he has found favor from the Lord. It turns out that grace is directly dependent on finding a good wife. In the face of the Church of Jesus Christ, the chosen remnant of God, the wife of the Bride of the Lamb. And Scripture says that it is, it is necessary to find her. Jesus had once said, when he was told, Lord, based on your sermons, we, can't, we come to the conclusion that there are very few that are saved. Someone had said to him, are truly few saved? 
He answered to this someone, he said, Strive to narrow through the narrow gate, because many will search to enter by it, but will not be able to. He didn't say, try to find the narrow gates. The narrow gates don't need to be sought for. The, of the narrow gates of the church, which is a narrow gate, all denominations know about it, all religions know about it, all know about it. But scripture says, Many will search for how to enter into the narrow gates. Looking at that order of God, the kingdom of heaven, that lays before the door that is called narrow gates, they come up, read, and say, No, I have my own opinion. I have my own Bible. I have my own understanding. And I have a certain victory and a certain experience and God has done something through me and you want me to leave all of that? Is there another door? He says, good, let me go to the other door. The same the same constitution is written, the third, fourth, eleventh, twelfth door. And all is the same constitution on the door. What a person must die to, including himself. And scripture says that many will strive. How do we enter into the, through these narrow gates? And they will not be able to because they don't want to depart from their, uh, silver, from their silver. If you go to Ukraine, Asia, and uh, different cities, do you know a church in Portland? And they will say, oh, we know a church in Portland. There is a church in Portland where there is Apostle Arkady. We know this church. What other churches do you know? Well, there must be other churches, they say. If you come to the Portland church, any church, and you will say the name of this church, everyone will say, oh, we know this church. Scripture says it is not difficult to find the good wife. It's difficult to enter through the narrow gates. Many will find a method how to enter leaving their baggage behind them. It's impossible. And that's why Jesus said in this answer that, yes. Just let me correct you. Catastrophically few are saved out of the number of those that are falsely saved. This is what the Constitution states. Jesus was asked this question, and this question is also asked today of the anointed of the Lord. And so, in the virtue, we see the source of all good, which is God. And we come to knowledge, finding this good wife, the church of God, where we are taught that there is good and there is evil. Not what I call good and evil, but God, what God says through His preached word, what is good and what is evil. In self-control, we learned how to reject all that God views as evil and to select all that God views as good. In patience, we had agreed to look at what God views as good and to wait for it with patience. In godliness, we had agreed to continue to sanctify our dedication. It's necessary that which I have given to God is necessary to keep it so that no one can take away my crown. How? Through sanctification of my dedication. And... Godliness comes to help with this. Then we enter into brotherly love. This is the transfer from death to life. This is that substance where we enter into the throne of the love of God, Agape, where there is the coronation. And the bride, wife of the bride and lamb coming out to the podium to Jesus Christ. And so the selected love of God expressed in seven unearthly virtues and characteristics has nothing in common 
with the nature of tolerant and human love that is filled with selfishness, inconsistency, and apart from tolerant and selfish love of man, the unconditional selective love differs in that it carries the all-consuming zeal of God, His omnipotence and His absolute wisdom that is impossible to use for selfish and ignorant reasons. It is the fruit of the selective love of God contained in the format of seven virtues that is called to destroy the power of death in our body and replace it with the reign of the resurrection of Christ in our bodies and clothe our bodies in the resurrection of Christ in the face of our new man. And with regard to this, we needed to answer four classic questions and we're continuing to study the uh, component of brotherly love and four classic questions. What does scripture say about the origin and essence of brotherly love, which we are called to demonstrate in our faith? Second, what purpose is the love of God agape that flows from brotherly love called to fulfill and the demonstration of it in our faith? Third, what condition is necessary to fulfill to receive the power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith? And fourth, by what signs should we test ourselves for the demonstration of brotherly love in our faith? And so, we are continuing to study the fourth, the third question. Let us again read it. What condition is necessary or what price is necessary to fulfill, to pay, to receive the power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith? And we have studied two components and then we will go on to the third one today. I'll remind you that the first condition, our price for the right to receive the power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith is to be born from the imperishable seed of the preached word our pastor has showed how we accepted Christ, we must also walk in Christ and with Christ, looking at the root of which occurs our salvation. Second, the condition for receiving the power to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith is to demonstrate in our faith salt. In the presence of the fruit of holiness we have grown. Here we are taught we talked about the holiness of God which each Christian must demonstrate in the covenant of salt. That which he received is a gift of grace in the covenant of blood. This same holiness he must now reveal in the covenant of salt. Holiness begins to be revealed in his thinking, in his actions, in his works, in his deeds, in his garments, and in other components as well. And today we are going to study the third condition. The third condition to receiving the strength to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith is to follow the way which leads to God. So here there is a certain price. For me to be able to demonstrate brotherly love, the price is to follow the way which leads to God. John chapter 14 verses 4 through 7. And Jesus said, And where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. So this is a well-known place of scripture, which many had preached about. But today, I would like to offer, I would like to read those notes that we already have, and to look at that beauty, the beauty of the way of the Lord. 
how he is revealed in our life. Usually when people read this place of scripture, they say, well, what is the path? What is the truth and what is life? They look at these truths individually and they don't understand all the way, but today we will read a very unique set of notes. Scripture says, I am the way and the way, the truth and the life. Here we also see always see the word and. This means that three characteristics which he had given, they must find themselves in a certain place in Scripture. And they don't have a right to be looked without one another, looked at without one another. There must be a sequence. One flows from the other, and one verifies the authenticity of another, and not these three separately that should be looked at. We must unite them. We must unite these places of Scripture. If a person cannot unite these three substances, the three definitions together, then he should not preach about this topic and he should withhold himself. Let us read about this way. Because in order to walk along this way, it's necessary, Jesus said, to know this way. We need to know this way. And so, based on this dialogue of Apostle Thomas with Christ, in order to gain strength to demonstrate brotherly love in one's faith, Within the strict boundaries of holiness, it is necessary to follow the path leading to God, and for this it is necessary to know it. You see, in that place of scripture, to know, it is listed seven times. Where you know, uh, and where I go you know, and the way you know, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you go, and how can we know the way? If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. This word know is repeated numerously in this place of scripture. That's why we must know this way. It must be presented to us in a certain teaching that is tied and verifies the authenticity of all of these signs. The reality of the existing dialogue is as follows. Having accepted salvation and justification by faith in Christ Jesus, we in that moment are unable to accept the Lord in our hearts as the master of our lives. This is because of our infancy in which we waver and are carried away by every wind of teaching and our conscience is not yet cleansed of dead works because of our immaturity in which we are unable to reject the evil and accept the good. And therefore, up until a certain time, we, like Christ in the flesh, must eat milk and honey of supernatural origin in order to understand how to reject evil and accept good, that is, how to cognize and implant in our con- implement in our conscience the law of truth in order to follow this path to God. Isaiah chapter 7, verses 14 through 15. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. It is the knowledge of the law of truth in the format of the commanding teaching of Christ that makes us free from the law of sin, forming us into servants of the law of righteousness. John chapter 8, verses 31-32, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That truth which you know shall make you free. The knowledge of the law of truth is the time when we have the opportunity and the ability to accept Christ into our hearts as the Lord and ruler of our life in whom and through whom our heart becomes good or wise. Through what? Through knowledge of the law of truth. Again, through knowledge of the law of truth. 
of the reigning teaching of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ becomes the Lord and ruler of our life. As a result, we receive the ability to have the focus of our heart be directly on God Himself. And such an orientation of our heart to God is considered by Scripture as a street of pure gold, like transparent glass. Revelation 21, 21. And the street of the city was purified gold. We're talking about Jerusalem here. It was a pure, purified gold, like transparent glass. The street of Jerusalem on high, in which we are talking about here, is a way and a path that serve as a direction to a specific goal, which is God, or to the likeness of God in His holiness. So this street... It not only leads us to God, but it also is called to make us in the likeness of God Himself. God wants people to come to Him through the street, which is Jesus Christ. And He went through Jerusalem, through the street. This is the path that leads us to God and likens us to God when we go along this street. Psalms 84.5 Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Now, in the middle of the street of Jerusalem on high, and an integral part of this street is the pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb and the tree of life, growing on either side of the river of life. This is written in Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. In this component, our body is represented in the image of the holy city of God, Jerusalem, which means the city of God's peace, in the middle of the street of which flows a pure river of life, clear as a crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. And in the midst of the street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Hence, if our body is not arranged in the dignity of Jerusalem on high, and in the middle of its street does not flow a pure river of life, clear as a crystal, and in the middle of its street and on either side of the river the tree of life does not grow, which bore twelve fruits, and its tree does not yield fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are not for the healing of the nations, and this means that we do not have a path directed to God. And consequently, we do not have the strength to demonstrate brotherly love in our faith. Thus, the components that define the good soil of our heart, which represents the path or way to God, are three unique items. This is a street of refined gold, the river of life flowing in the middle of the street and the tree of life growing on either side of the river. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we find the street in this way, with this river, a pure river like a crystal, and with the tree of life. In the book of Revelation, I had never heard for someone to tell me before that the way, the truth, and the life is not found in the middle of Jerusalem or is found in the middle of Jerusalem. And this street among which flows the rivers showing the balance how to correctly hate lawlessness and to love God. There's a complete balance that we will talk about in a little bit. Complete balance. And we are walking along the street. We come to God, and the most important thing, having come to God, we are made in the likeness of God. The street, we don't just come to God, because by coming to God using the street, we are made in the likeness of God. This is the... This is our topic, called to perfection. We must walk along this street in order to come to this perfection, because without it, it's impossible. And so let us take a look at these three unique, the street, the river, and the tree of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The street made of pure gold, clear as glass, defines the truth in the good soil of our heart in the format of the commanding teaching of Christ. We are verifying, do we have this street in our heart, in our Jerusalem? Do we have the reigning teaching in our heart? The river of life, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb, flowing in the middle of the street, defines in the good soil of our heart the image of the Holy Spirit, revealing the significance of the truth hidden in our hearts. I have put wisdom in the streets of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furniture of the tabernacle, the table and its utensils, the pure gold lampstand with all its utensils. We are talking about the Holy of Holies. We are talking about the gold that is in Jerusalem. Take a look at how the tabernacle was built. Scripture says that there must be two formats of wisdom present. I will lay wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisan along the street in which flows two formats of wisdom. Furthermore, the altar burnt offering with all its utensils and the laver in its base, the garments of ministry, the holy garments for Aaron the priest and the garments of his sons to minister as priests, and the anointing oil and sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded, you shall do. Who are they that shall do? Who are they that will do? Those that have two formats of wisdom. Two formats of wisdom. In my heart, there is the reigning teaching of Jesus Christ. This is the street that goes through Jerusalem. And the most important thing is so that we can create a throne. How is a throne formed when he comes as Lord and ruler of our life? In my heart, there appears a throne, and from this throne begins to flow pure water, the river of life that opens the revelation of truth of God. And what is the tree of life, the third component? It is also found there. The tree of life growing on either side of the river of life defines in the good soil of our heart the fruit of the Spirit. Of course, when we go along this path, we don't just reach God our goal is to be in the likeness of God and to reach Him. How? Scripture says, bring fruit. 
and in this your father will be glorified therefore in our heart we must have the fruit of the spirit consisting in the bridling of our hearts and our lips by the truth hidden in our good heart just as god bridles his lips with the word coming from his mouth proverbs 15 4 a meek tongue is a tree of life but perverseness in it breaks the spirit of course a person will have meek lips when he has this kind of street along which flows the river of life. Of course, he's going to have meek lips because meekness is not found in the lip. Meekness is found first in the heart that expresses itself through the lips. Determining the structure of clear gold, scripture means that this gold was purified by such a method unknown to humans that it became a conductor of light. If a person does not have such a potential, within himself consisting in pure gold which determines the truth hidden in his heart then the soil of his heart cannot be called good nine nine and nine is the highest kind uh, a gold deposit can, can any gold de deposits contain a rock of foreign inclusions that are not related to the property of gold here we are talking about how this small, so that this decay, so that this decay can be clothed in immortality, so that there could occur victory. Determining the structure of clear gold clear gold scripture means that this gold was purified by such a method unknown to humans that it became a conductor of light gold is a conductor of light if a person does not have such a potential within himself consisting in pure gold which determines the truth hidden in his heart then the soil of his heart cannot be called good first peter 1 6 through 7 in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little, little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Until the truth accepted in our hearts is cleansed of the impurities of the flesh, our heart will not be able to obey the Lord and fulfill His commands exactly, which consists in showing brotherly love in our faith. Therefore, when the truth received in the heart is cleansed of the impurities of the flesh, then we will be able to comprehend the good path in order to follow this good path. And only following the path of goodness on which we can cognize God, our heart can be called good and can open to listen to and receive the good seed of the word of God. Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16 Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it then you will find rest for your souls. In order to be ready to perform truly good deeds and in this way to present ourselves before God as a street of the Lord made of refined gold clear as glass i would like to remind us to draw our attention to the technology of purifying ourselves from all kinds of impurities of the flesh the role of man in forming his heart into a good land capable of hearing the voice of god in his spirit and obeying this voice 
is to depart from unrighteousness. Because in order to begin to know righteousness, it is necessary first to step back from unrighteousness, that is, to be sanctified. So the Lord wants us to have the street made of pure gold, for it to be pure, transparent. And for this it is necessary to do what? It is necessary to cleanse ourselves. How to do this? To step away from all unrighteousness and that God could reveal His righteousness. 2 Timothy 2, 19-21 Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. To depart from unrighteousness in order to be cleansed from all iniquity means to make a decision to avoid all so-called good and evil, the source of which is the flesh, behind which are the organized forces of darkness. So, I depart from all good and evil, the source of which is flesh, and I call good what God calls good, and I call evil what God views as evil. This is the purity of this gold. Why do we need this gold? For us to be Jerusalem, because Jerusalem, a street is made out of pure gold. This pure gold must be refined. How will it be refined? When we go to heaven? No, while we are here on earth. That's why the first method, the Lord says, it's necessary all that my flesh calls good and evil to reject all this and to agree with the preached word, to place ourselves into the furnace, into the fire of the word of God so that my own interpretations can be destroyed by the holiness of God and so that I can agree with what God calls good and evil. Second, departing from unrighteousness, we're talking about three conditions to cleanse our, to refine our gold so that it can be clear as glass. Departing from unrighteousness, it is necessary to pursue a good goal expressed in zeal for good works, expressed in anticipation of the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven. And third, Departing from unrighteousness, it is necessary to exchange destinies in the death of the Lord Jesus, who suffered death for our sins. So it is necessary to take up our cross, and the Lord will take up His cross, cooperating His cross with the cross of the Lord Jesus. For, uh, Titus 2, 13-14 Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from every lawless deed, and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Proceeding from the above, the definition of a good person who has communion with a good wife is a person whose conscience is cleansed of dead works in order to serve God. The state of a heart cleansed of dead works into which, through instruction in faith, the commanding teaching of Christ was introduced, makes the soil of the human heart good. The soil of a good heart in which the faith of God is hidden in the format of the teaching of Christ is a definition of a good and unsearchable in its dignity potential that comes from the throne of God and the Lamb. And right now we are going to study these seven good potentials. We're going to look at these seven components and in these seven components we are going to study the street that goes along through Jerusalem made out, of, made out of pure gold, which is clear and transparent as glass, along which flows the river, the river which is also pure as crystal, and the tree of life that grows on either side of the river of life. 
And all of this will tell us what, how we can come to God and how we are able to be made in the likeness of God. There are no other methods. We will, If we look individually or separately, what is way, truth, and life, we will never come to God. And we will never be made in the likeness of God. But if we unite all these truths together, and if we place all of them dependent on one another, that first, the Lord in my heart uh, has a street in order to make this street out of pure gold and necessary for Him to cleanse me from all foreign inclusions of the flesh to cleanse my conscience from dead works so that in it could be laid the reading teaching of Christ and when it was entered there then this allows God to cooperate with me and allows Him to place His throne in my heart when, when my heart was cleansed, prepared and in the heart was a street now God says, now this is Jerusalem in which there is a street. And if there is a Jerusalem, there's a street, then there must also be a throne. If there is a throne, from this throne flows a river of life. And if there is the river of life, then there is the tree of life there. We begin to live and we are, became to be in the likeness of God. And so seven potentials that we will look at. And talking about this, we're going to talk about the way that le- which leads to God and that likens us to God. First, the good potential in the format of the reigning teaching of Christ, which proceeds into the good soil of our hearts from the throne of God and the Lamb and creates a path to God in our hearts. This is our ability to be a light to the world and a lampstand in the house of the Lord. Matthew 5, 14-16 You were the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they see a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Good deeds that cannot be seen indicate that the street of our city like clear glass and this means that we are not ready to accept the commandments of commands of God are not able to fill the commandments of God in showing brotherly love in our faith good deeds are such deeds that are inspired by the Holy Spirit and pursue the exclusive interests of the will of God which consists in the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ which gives God the basis to erect an imperishable state in our bodies and clothe our bodies in the existing imperishability. Hebrews 13, 20-21 Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well pleasing in His sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The God of peace does not raise up from the dead a shepherd of his sheep outside of our body, having an organized partaking to the body of Christ in the face of the chosen remnant chosen by him. So, in order for God to be able for me to raise up Jesus Christ, a good shepherd, from death into my life, He must have a right to my body, which in its turn has an organized partaking to the body of Christ. To make us perfect in every good deed for the fulfillment of His will, producing in us the capacity for brotherly love that is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ, it was necessary that the raising of the shepherd of sheep from the dead reveals itself in the raising up in our body of the power of imperishability. The Father is interested in this. Of course, He loves His Son. And of course, He wants Jesus Christ, the Father of the sheep, the sheep 
the shepherd of the sheep to be lifted up from the dead. And when this occurs in his body, he is in a new body, but he is not a body. He is the head of the body. His body is found in death. How does he feel there? The Father is interested in that in our body, which is as an organized partaking to the body of Christ, for it to have the power of imperishability raised up in it. They are interested in this because he is the head of the body of Christ. He has resurrected, but his body is found in death. And we also are interested when we proclaim and when we call the inexistent as already existent. Second, the good potential in the format of the teaching of Christ, which proceeds into the good soul of our heart from the throne of God and the Lamb, and creates a path to God in our hearts, is the ability to do the works of God, consisting in the obedience of our faith to the faith of God, in the mouth of the person whom God has sent. John 6, 28-29 And they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Now recognizing the power of God over ourselves in the words of a person sent by God to tend to his church, we will have neither the strength nor the knowledge to show brotherly love in our faith within the unchanging boundaries of the fruit of holiness that we have grown. John 13, 20 most assuredly I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. If we are not able to show brotherly love in our faith in the acceptance of the person sent by God, then our communion with the saints will destroy our relationship with God and will be a bitter root that causes trouble with everyone with whom we will have communication. As written, Pursue peace with all people in holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness bringing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. Third, good potential in the format of the reigning teaching of Christ which proceeds into the good soil of our hearts from the throne of God and the Lamb and creates a path to God in our hearts, is the ability to constantly seek glory, honor, immortality in a good deed. To seek glory, honor, and immortality in the good deed. I'll remind you that today we are talking about how we should walk along this way about which Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when we walk to Him, we achieve those goals and our goal is not just to come to the goal which we are coming to, but our goal means coming to this goal. We begin to look like this goal, the likeness of Him. This means not just just walk any ordinary road, but according to the gold street, along which flows the rivers of the revelations of the Holy Spirit, and there is a tree of life that identifies the holiness of God in us, that defines and finds it there. And so Romans 2, 6 through 8, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and mortality, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. 
It is impossible to show consistency and brotherly love in our faith if we show perseverance and consistency in a good deed consisting in the search for glory, honor, and immortality. It should be recalled that the definition of an evil deed is information emanating from the mind of a carnal person who is unable to distinguish a good deed from an evil one. While the definition of a good deed is information emanating from God in the format of wisdom descending from above, which can only reveal itself in the spirit of such a person who, in his spirit, came to be a perfect man in the full measure of the stature of Christ. Due to this, he acquired the ability to understand, reject the bad, and accept the good. So coming to God, this person began to be in the likeness of God. And now, what can he do? Now he can do good works, that which God calls good, and not that which he himself had called good before. He cleansed his gold. He rejected all that which he called evil good and called and came from his flesh. Now he agrees with God's goodness. However, in order to seek glory, honor, and immortality in a good deed in the format of wisdom emanating from God, it is necessary to define both a good deed and the glory, honor, and immortality that we are called to seek in a good deed. And so, a good deed consisting in wisdom emanating from God, in which we are called to seek glory, honor, and immortality, is our trust in God and His Word. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35-39 to Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you need... For you have need of endurance, so that you, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe in the saving of the soul. From these words it follows that we are called to seek glory, honor, and immortality in the great reward that is promised to us for a good deed, which consists in trusting in God and His word. What is a good deed based on this? This is to have trust. When trust appears, then trust comes from hope. Hope is that word which we have hidden in our heart. How do we hide in our heart this hope? We need to cleanse it. How do we cleanse it? We need an angel mediator who will help us prepare the furnace. And when it is refined, when it is prepared, on the table of the Lord, then the Lord will come there. And then there will occur in this kind of furnace a good work. And now let us take a look at what glory, honor, and immortality is. So if we have trust, this is a good deed. Now this person will have trust in God and he must also have search for glory, honor, and immortality. The definition of the glory of God in the temple of our body, which we are called to seek in a good deed that determines our trust in God and His word, is the search for holiness. The definition of the glory of God is the search for the holiness of God. Psalms 92, 5 Your testimonies are very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. And so the definition of the glory of God is seeking the holiness of the Lord. And we know that when God revealed the glory upon the people of Israel, when He said, it is enough 
he said to Moses and Aaron, separate yourselves from the people and I will destroy them. And Moses began to pray for the people and say, Lord, have mercy upon the people. You have done this before. Have mercy. Well, what were all the other nations surrounding us? You brought them out and you won't be able to lead them into the land which you place under a curse, the Lord says. You, Lord, have placed yourself under a curse. If you don't lead us, you have placed yourself under... He says, speak speak further. And Moses says, have mercy upon the people. He says, okay, I will have mercy according to your word. But know that all those who saw my glory and ten times had tested me, this is already the limit. I give a promise. I am swearing before you that none of them will enter into the promised land. Here is a new oath. Pass it on to them. And he disappears. He says, Okay, friends, you are left living, but I just want to warn you that all of you will die in the wilderness until we go into the promised land because we all have sinned more than 10 times. This was the definition of the glory of God, which is defined in holiness. What is honor? We must search for honor in our good deeds. We know what the holiness of God is. It perhaps doesn't sound comfortment, but moving on to honor. Honor in the temple of our body, which we are called to seek in a good deed that determines our trust in God and His word, is the search for justice. Search for justice. Psalms chapter 150, verses 5 through 9. Let the saints be joyful in glory, which we had just read about. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God to be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints praise the Lord. This is what honor is. This is to demonstrate or to execute the judgment of God. In this, he asked for the mercy of God, and the Lord gave mercy, and he gave him this small correction he gave to him. He says, vessels of mercy, I will mercy, but those who are vessels of wrath, I will will pour out my wrath on. And honor is to execute the written judgment, to protect the vessels of mercy, and in honor to demonstrate judgment and a judgment and honor against the vessels of wrath. And the definition of immortality in the temple of our body, which we are called to seek in a good deed, which determines our trust in God and His Word, is to search for the erection of the power of immortality in our body. Romans 8, 22-25, For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption and the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, a hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. A person who does not understand a good deed which consists in trusting in God and His Word, does not understand neither glory, honor, or immortality, which he is called to seek in a good deed. And consequently, such a person, not having glory, honor, and immortality, in trusting in God and His Word, and not understanding their authority, 
will not be able to provide firmness to his words at trial. Psalms 112 verses 5 through 8. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Fourth, we are talking about the path along which we must go and coming to this path. We come to our goal and we are made in the likeness and coming to this goal, we are made in the likeness which is presented in the our Lord and Father. Christ said, be perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. Walk along this way to him. And when you walk along this way, you are going to be likened to my heavenly Father. There is no other way. It's impossible to just come to God and to be like Satan. Scripture says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It is impossible to come to God and to say, can I come to your doorstep? No, it's impossible. There is only one way. And how do the angels define, and Apostle Paul, how they define? We come across the truth and the Holy Spirit. That's it. We need to know that not Apostle Peter is met there, but truth in the Word of God. Because it is pure and transparent, a transcendent purity that sits upon the throne. We need to come to this purity. Fourth, the good potential in the format of the teaching of Christ, which proceeds into the good soil of our heart from the throne of God and the Lamb, and creates a path to God in our hearts, is the ability of our heart to observe modesty. If our heart has a state of modesty, then our thoughts, our words, our behavior, and our clothes will express the state of our heart. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-14 through 14. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, modest, sound in faith, in love, in patience, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given too much wine, and teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young one, young men to be sober-minded, and all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, doctrine showing integrity, reverence, and corruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say to you. Exhort bond servants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, modestly, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us. And so, reading about this, person who does not understand the discipline of modesty will, will never be able to show brotherly love in his faith within the boundaries of holiness and as an expression of holiness. The word modesty is defined in all available dictionaries of the world as virginity or innocence coupled with strict morality and purity. And this in some measure is correct. Well, this is in the full revelation about modesty. In scripture, modesty is first integrity, representing the unity of spirit, soul, and body. 
in such properties as prudence and restraint, consisting in the ability to bridle our tongue, soundness, understanding, which we are called to show in our behavior, not only in relation to the opposite sex, but also with everyone around us and, first of all, in brotherly love. Proceeding from the existing meeting, modesty is opposed to voluptuousness and lovers of pleasure. 1 Timothy 5, 5-6 Now she who is really a widow and left alone trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. Voluptuousness and loving of pleasure is a state of an occultly burdened person who is at the mercy of his sexual feelings. Now, we will go on to the fifth one, but what's interesting, and I've highlighted for myself here, Pastor said that modesty is not just a more is not just morality, morals, but this is good behavior in relation to one another. And it resists another word. Voluptuousness and lovers and, and love of pleasure. That talk about the a person that is occultly burdened and in the authority of his emotions. Not just sexual feelings, but feelings in general. When a person is found in the authority and under the authority of his occult feelings, his emotions, Scripture does does not view this person as modest. A modest person is one who is prudent. Scripture says that a person who is led by his emotion is... Uh, is not modest. He does not have unity and faith between spirit, soul, and body, in which all is submissive. Emotions and feelings must follow us. This is what I highlighted for myself, a very important note here, that if I don't have bridled emotions, then Scripture does not view me as a whole person in the spirit, between spirit, soul, and body. We might be modest in the flesh, but there is also a spiritual modesty that we are talking about here. Fifth, the good potential in the form of the teaching of Christ, which proceeds into the good soil of our hearts from the throne of God and the Lamb and creates a path of, to God in our hearts, is the ability of our heart to express itself in the service of charity. Second Corinthians 8, 4-6 Imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints, not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. If a person does not find joy and pleasure in serving saints with material means, such a person has no opportunity to show brotherly love in his faith. And the unwillingness to pay the price in the subject of their means for the demonstration of brotherly love in their faith Consists in an un, it consists in an ordinary love of money, behind which is the worship of the demonic prince Mammon, with whom this person will share his fate in a lake of fire, burning with fire and brimstone. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 20. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is, is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. 
Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? The desire to use our neighbor for our own selfish purposes and the unwillingness to share with each other what our neighbor needs is an indication of dead faith. 1 Timothy 6, 17-19 Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17-19 through 19. This was the fifth fifth component. We are talking about how we must walk along the way. What kind of way? Again, I'm just repeating it for myself here. I am engraving it in myself. What is the path? The path doesn't mean I come to my goal, but coming to this goal, we are, we become in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like here he says to people who were blessed in finances, he said, so that they can reach eternal life. And how do they reach eternal life, he says? How? These people must be likened to the image of Christ. How would Jesus have, uh, what would he have done in their place? So take a look here. He had shown them where to go and how to stand to look at that source, which is the Lord. Sixth, good potential in the form of the teaching of Christ, which proceeds into the good soul of our hearts from the throne of God and the Lamb and creates a path to God in our hearts is the ability of our heart to demonstrate such balance in which the success of one sphere does not occur due to success of another sphere. And so, if we are walking along this way, then we must have certain balance in principles. Listen uh, listen to this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Do you know when God dispatches them? So take a look. Pastor Ward talks about works. What are good works? What are good works? What are good works? Because to walk along this way is to reveal good works. And they express themselves in certain commandments and certain truths. And these commandments don't just bring us to the goal, but these commandments make us in the likeness, in the uh, image of God. Job, stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. He placed him along the way, and now God is, uh, now Job is called to consider the wondrous works of God, and God is going to correct him in order to show him uh, the direction and the way so that he can be in the likeness of him. Do you know when God dispatches them and causes the light of his cloud to shine? Do you know how the clouds are balanced, those wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge? Why are your garments hot when he quiets the earth by the south wind? Under the image of our garments which heat up when God quiets our earth by the south wind, one should understand the adoption of our body through the redemption of Christ, through the action of our thinking, renewed by the spirit of our mind, which is viewed under the image of the south. And again, very interesting image here. How are your garments heated up when he quiets the earth by his south wind? We can grow this. Uh, our garments might be in a high temperature. We're called to heat it up. We can't be as cold as 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 a dead body our fleshly bodies we must heat them up in such a way and through how pastor says interestingly based on job he says he quiets the earth by the south wind 
So when we begin to, to ponder upon the Word of God, to accept this Word and to renew our thinking with the spirit of our mind. But first, we placed out the teaching of Christ in our spirit. And through the mind of Christ, which is the teaching of Christ, now we must renew our thinking. The South, a very important component, our South. Through their proclamations, we must heat up our body up to a high heat through the proclamation and through meditation upon this revelation. Now we are returning to the clouds and to the balance. The image of the clouds, both in the body redeemed by God of man and the body of Christ in the face of the remnant chosen by God, are meant the saints as servants of the Lord who are the instruments of God used by Him for mercy and for punishment. And if in the body of a person redeemed by God, who has grown to the full measure of the stature of Christ, instruments for mercy and punishment are the code of the law of grace on the basis of which a person condemns his soul to death in the death of the Lord Jesus and justifies his soul in his resurrection. And when considering the clouds of the Lord in the body of Christ, instruments for mercy and for punishment is the same code of the law of grace on the basis of which a person appointed by God to watch over his flock forgives sin for some and retains the sin on others. Under the image of the balance of the Lord's clouds, both into the temple of our body and in the midst of the remnant chosen by God, one should consider the balance between love for truth and hatred for lawlessness. Psalms 45, verses 5-6 through 6, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. If a person does not understand and does not have a balance between love for truth and hatred for lawlessness, for such a person, the lack of success in one area will always be due to the success of another area. Which in practice means that such a person will use the freedom of Christ as a reason for pleasing the flesh. Galatians 5, 9-5 A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind. But he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware, lest you be consumed by one another. Thus, the good potential in the format of the teaching of Christ, which proceeds into the good soil of our heart from the throne of God and the Lamb and creates in our hearts the path to God, is the ability of the heart to observe justice, to love works of mercy, and to walk humbly before God. This is written in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Proceeding from all the above, the condition for showing brotherly love in our faith is in our attitude toward the Word of God as to a two-edged sword, 
which indicates the absence of partiality in our hearts. When we have the word of God as a sword, as a two double-edged sword, this person does not have partiality. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and, power, living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So here we are necessary to demonstrate this kind of balance. And as we had talked about, if we have Jerusalem in our heart, then in this Jerusalem there must be a street made out of pure gold that is transparent like glass. When we have this, in our heart we will find the throne of God and Lamb. If there is a throne of God and Lamb, from this throne will flow the river of life, pure like a crystal. And if we have a pure river in our heart like a crystal, then the Lord said, then we will have the tree of life that is going to grow on either side of the river. On either side of the river, this is the sixth component, balance. Balance. We must demonstrate the holiness of God. And this is the honor of all saints. Balance. He had loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. And people hate balance. They're afraid of it. They steal pieces of scripture and they say, for example, you must honor your mother and father uh, you will you are violating the commandment and then jesus said another place of scripture leave your mother and father and let the dead bury their dead and that's it here there are two truths that are presented and now it's necessary to bring them to a balance it's necessary to bring them to a balance and when i brought them to a balance even just this in truth relation to parents for example the other side grew quiet. As soon as we begin to speak some kind of truth and bring this truth to a balance, our opposition closed their mouths. And I and they, they would say, I don't want to speak to you. This was long ago. I don't talk with them. I, I would say to them, I don't want to speak to you in my carnal state. I perhaps would talk to them once a year. That was all our communication. Today, this doesn't even exist. But what, what do I want to say? As soon as I brought this balance that, no, we must love our parents, and I uh, explained what kind of parents we must love, those that are not dead to God, those that are in the church, those that love the truth, those that have gone through the narrow gates, these kind of parents we, are, we ought to love. But those who had neglected the truth, who had originally loved the truth, they had, they were astonished by it and when we were while we were all astonished by it then that person that was with us he begins to spit on it spit on this truth well i'm sorry but you can't come to a masterpiece be astonished and then in five minutes in your in a in another state to spit on it this is this is an occultness and this is um, a demonic being demonically possessed and when we bring these things up, yes, we must love our parents, and we must, this is a commandment of the Lord, and they are those that stand in the truth, but those who violated the truth and who they spit in the face of truth, then with these parents, we must seize all communication. And when you say this, momentarily, there are all kinds of conversations that stop because there are no other arguments. What have we done now? 
I simply took the truth that I know that I have been taught in this church. I showed them in the format of a balance. The devil hates balance. He wants it to be lopsided. Either you are a dead religion or you are like an occult person jumping around. Why not bring it to a balance? Because if you come to a balance, this means that people come to God and they come to God, they are in the likeness of God. And if they are the likeness of God, then in this body, these garments are heated up. And if these garments the, if these garments are heated up, then this body will be clothed in the adoption of the Lord. Seventh, good potential in the form of the teaching of Christ, which proceeds into the good soul of our hearts from the throne of God and the Lamb and creates a path to God in our hearts, is the ability of the heart to manifest and reveal its organic partaking to the consolation and peace of God. 2 Corinthians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. It follows from this verse, the ultimate goal and definition of every good deed manifested in brotherly love is revealed in the comfort and consolation that God possesses. God has this, I have these qualities, I must gain and be comforted in God because I am walking along this way. Genesis 1, verse 31, and chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, book of Genesis. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Based on the existing meaning, the final result of every good deed that finds its expression in brotherly love is expressed and embodied in the Sabbath, which is the image of the body of Christ in the face of the bride of the Lamb in which God rests in which is His house. Exodus chapter 31 verses 12 through 17. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Exodus chapter 31, verses 12 through 17. A person who does not have an organized partaking to the Lord's Sabbath in the face of a specific church of Jesus Christ, in the face of a specific local assembly of saints, cannot show brotherly love in his faith. Based on the above places of scriptures, it follows that the good seed in the dignity of the kingdom of heaven, which we receive in the good soil of our heart, and then grow into the fruit of righteousness first, transforms us into the image of this fruit of righteousness, which has in itself the informational program of righteousness that contains in itself the nature and power of God, 
as well as the structure of the kingdom of heaven expressed in the theocracy of God yielded in the order of the kingdom of heaven. And secondly, this kind of fruit of righteousness expressed in the obedience of our faith to the faith of God gives God the basis to fill the promise placed by him for us in the covenant of blood, covenant of salt, and the covenant of rest. It is this informational program expressed in the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh that builds and regulates the protocol of relations between God and man and man with God. And the protocol for this kind of legislation is called to function specifically with the properties and powers of the Holy Spirit through the weapon of unceasing prayer and therefore the good soil under which we view the good soil of the human heart accepting and growing the good seed into the fruit of righteousness is the kingdom of God in man thus being clothed in the fruit of righteousness which we have grown in cooperation with God, we simultaneously become the territory of the kingdom of heaven on earth, as well as the house of God or the place upon which God dwells. This is the beautiful conclusion. We become a house, our bodies become a home in which God dwells. God wanted to show that he wants to live in a home. And he wants the resurrection of Christ to reign in this home, the resurrection of Christ. And he desires this, and we are going to thank God for this revelation. And through our proclamations, we are going to heat up our garments. Heating up our garments, we are going to bring this promise and draw near. Because God is based on a tempered torture. How much heated is our righteousness, our garments, how our bodies are heated through proclamation. We have accepted this revelation and we begin through proclamations pro- proclaiming it is from the, from, the, from the south wind, from the position of our renewed thinking in which our bodies are heated up. Our body is in need, is in need of this warmth. When we grow, I remember when I was young, I could have, I could have run around in shorts, but now I grow cold easily. And if I am not clothed very well, I begin to grow cold. I think, Lord, I'm beginning to grow cold in elderly age. In elderly age. Be warm with the word of God. How to be warm with the word of God? Place it here and from the position of the south wind, begin to heat your body. And we are now going to heat it up in prayer. May be blessed in your prayer. We shall pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for the great privilege to be found in that place where you have laid a remembrance of your holy name, where we are able, in the name of the covenant of blood, to stand before you and to thank you for what you have done for us in your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your love, agape, which you have shown us and which you have poured out through your Son and through the Holy Spirit. 
whom you have given to us and who today dwells with us upon this place. We thank you for the sacrifice of your Son, for his death and resurrection. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth. And we today are taught to magnify and exalt your word just as you have lifted up your word. And we become servants of this word just as you became a servant of this word. Just like the Son and the Holy Spirit and your messengers whom you have given us have become servants of this word which you have spoken to us. And we today accept this word. We thank you for that revelation that we had the right to read, to meditate upon, and today it becomes the achievement in our prayer. And we thank you that today you have allowed us to, again, to see that you are our way, our truth, and our life. And you do this. You do this when you first cleanse our hearts and prepare the material out of which you will build the city on Jerusalem. You prepare the gold, you prepare the material, and you cleanse us through the sermon of the gospel, through your truth, from all kinds of foreign inclusions of the flesh. And therefore, you have allowed us today to feed, to feed from the word of God of a heavenly origin in the format of milk and honey and you have allowed us to understand what is good and what is evil and to reject what is evil and to select what is good so that we can prepare the material that would be pure as glass and the river of life that would flow from the throne which you have affirmed in the hearts of your saints so that this river could be pure as crystal and so that the tree of life which will allow us in Christ Jesus to be likened to you Lord to be likened to you we thank you that drawing near to you step by step we come to perfection and we are more and more made in the likeness and image of you we thank you Lord for the promise that today warms our bodies and Lord in this warmth each holy person is in need of children young people those of an elderly aged we all are in need of this promise and in order so that you can reign in the temple of our body and feel yourself comfortable in the temple of our body in which you affirmed the resurrection of Christ and we thank you for the resurrection of Christ that has reigned in our spirit we thank you for the resurrection of Christ that today is affirmed through the renewal of our thinking in our soul and we thank you and we ask you we proclaim today calling the inexistent power of life as existent in our bodies and we for this consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God we thank you Lord that you have allowed us to hear the truth and to pay the necessary and required price to have you to set aside our old man with all his works to set aside our former way of life, to set aside all of that which decayed, so that we could renew our thinking with the spirit of our mind and be clothed into the new man, created by God in righteousness and holiness of truth. 
Allow us, Lord, today to set aside. If something has remained that we have not set aside, allow us to set aside all impurity and all any remains of iniquity so that in weakness we could accept the planted work that it, word that is able to save our souls. Allow us to reject ourselves, to take our cross and to follow you. Allow us, Lord, today to reject all deities and idols that were present in their former way of life so that we can serve God, the one God. Allow us today through the proclamation of the faith of our heart to take all sin that binds us and to con be continue to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. And we ask you, Lord, to allow us for the law of Moses condemning us to become our friend and could not condemn us but could become holiness in us so that your law, your holy spiritual law which for a time had condemned us in his holiness for it to become our holiness and for this allow us to reveal and to demonstrate the fruit because you have said that he in whom you will find fruit of the spirit upon these there is no law and the law has nothing against them it becomes their friend and it becomes their holiness against such there is no law and therefore lord we ask you to allow us today to grow to grow this tree of life and before this allow us to have the river of life and to accept the Holy Spirit as the Lord and ruler of our life, we will accept it when you will affirm your throne on the foundation of the reigning teaching of Christ in our bodies. And when you, Lord, will affirm your throne in our bodies, and when you have the foundation to sit upon this throne, then you will allow the Holy Spirit to become the Lord and ruler of our life. We thank you, Father, that you have affirmed your throne in our hearts and you sit upon your throne in your truth. And for this, we have set aside everything. Allow us today to affirm the resurrection of Christ in our souls. And for this, we want to be taught and to learn, to understand, and to hear our spirit in our mind. But before this, we want to be taught to hear the Holy Spirit in the lips of those people whom you have sent to us and to understand them in our spirit. And then you will allow our spirit to be understood by our soul. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your divine statutes, for those men that you have sent to us, for those people you have sent. And we ask you, because we have known the truth that you saved your anointed one and that you answer him from your holy heavens. Therefore, Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus Christ, may the word be given to him, our pastor, brother Arkady, so that this word could allow the seed that we have accepted in our heart to grow and so that this word through the latter rains 
could bring the fruit of righteousness into the full measure of the stature of Christ into a perfect man. We thank you, Lord, that we are listening to the Holy Spirit in our spirit and the words of the messenger of God and that today our soul is found dependent on our spirit and it understands. Our spirit, our soul understands our spirit. We thank you for this harmony, this balance that is found in your saints. And we ask you, Lord, for your Son and for your holy name, we have rejected everything. We renew our thinking and we ask you, Lord, to, we ask to be clothed into the new man created by God in righteousness and holiness of truth. We ask you, Lord, and we proclaim, let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Allow us to be clothed in life and resurrection of Christ. We thank you, Lord, and today we, through the proclamation of the faith of our heart, are clothed and thank you for the garments of salvation. We thank you and we are clothed in the garments of righteousness where we, in the good work, have trust in our heart and hope in God, and we search for your glory, your holiness, your honor, the honor of your justice, and life in the reign of the resurrection of Christ in our bodies. We seek this, and allow us to be clothed in these garments of justice. And when you see that we have been clothed in them, you, Lord, will allow us to be clothed in the adornments of the bride, of the, of the bride, and to be clothed in the representative power of Yahweh of hosts. And in this representative power of the Holy Spirit, you will see your saints meeting with the Lord Jesus. We wait for this meeting, and we know and we hear that price, that price that you require in order to be clothed in the representative power of the Lord Yahweh of hosts. And we are clothed in this power today, and we today warm ourselves with these revelations, and we thank you Lord, that you are the Lord of all comfort. You comfort us with your word, and we thank you for your mercy given to us upon this place. And we bless you from this holy place, our almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debtors, our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. And for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And we will conclude with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now 
and forever. Amen.